Welcome to the Feminine Principle Podcast, heart-centered conversation for soul-centered women who are on a path of self-discovery. I'm your host, Nicola Lucy, shamanic practitioner, shadow and soul integration coach, and the creatrix behind the Feminine Principle, supporting women to redefine the relationship they have with themselves, others, and Mother Earth through the magic hidden in their unconscious. For more information, please visit thefeminineprinciple.com. I just wanted to share with you today um, a journey which has been going on for me for a couple of years. So this is something that I talked about last time, which is, you know, the cycles within the cycles and the patterns within the patterns, because, you know, with a pattern and we can go to the root of it, but then one pattern um, can have many, many different layers. And therefore we have to work through each layer kind of methodically kind of peeling back the onion layer by layer by layer until we've understood and learned and you know um, uh, brought back all those aspects of our soul and all those hidden parts of ourselves that we've needed to reintegrate back into our lives and so I just wanted to share with you this journey which is really quite extraordinary and you know this is a journey that I've been going through now for the best part of two years um, this, yeah, it started in, um, let's think, um, December 2017. And so this has been an ongoing process, helping me to really dig deep into this one aspect. So it's all been around um, having a business and it's all been around financial stability, creating financial stability. So a lot of us, you know, we have um, an unhealthy relationship with money we have an unhealthy relationship with finances and how do we engage in redefining that relationship so this has been the journey that i've been on and so as you know you know i'm a um, shadow work coach i'm the creator of the feminine principle i do one-to-one um programs um, with my clients i also do the maiden mother and crone and other little bits of um, group work in between Um, But I've not been able to make this financially sustainable. And so this has been a really interesting journey because this is what I do. I'm very, very good at it. I love it. And for those of you who have worked with me, you know that I walk the talk. And so what's actually happened is that, you know, every time we look outside of ourselves, we're always asking um, you know, for whatever we need to manifest on the outside before we can manifest it on the inside. And so always looking towards um, the external, you know, um, looking for clients, um, looking for ways in which I can earn an income, um, looking for ways in which, uh, you know, I can bring money into the part so that I can fulfill my basic needs, which is a roof over my head, clothes on my back, food on the table, and something to keep me warm. (laughs) You know, these are our basic needs. So, you know, we have to be able to bring in money. We have to be able to earn money to be able to support ourselves with these most basic needs. And then obviously, you know, if we want to go out and dive into all that consumerism at the end of it, then that's absolutely fine. But these are our basic needs. So we do need money. We need that exchange of money. Um, to really flow into our lives, to be able to give back, to support and nurture ourselves. And so, you know, when we look at the triggers, for example, so, you know, 
financial stability looking on the external is you know that is the surface level trigger you know so what's actually been happening is that this journey of looking and understanding financial stability and how do I bring financial stability into my life um, has helped me to go through a really deep journey looking at my self-worth and my value and also the work that I do and how do I kind of price that work? How do I make it so it's an equal energy exchange because it has to be an energy exchange? Um, so I've had to really go into those really deep, dark places and owning my value and owning my self-worth. And I think for a lot of us who are practitioners, if there are any other practitioners in the group, you know, this is something which can come up. And I know a lot of people that regularly face it because, because we're kind of um, spiritual, you know, we're working on a different level. We're working with the, the feminine kind of way. You know, we want to kind of give and give and give and give, um, which is also the shadow side of the mother. You know, this giving energy, always giving and giving and giving, but then not being open to receive what we what we need in return. And so this is um, something that affects a lot of women. Um, I know this. And then it's, so it's taken me through my self-worth. It's taken me through my value. But then it's also helped me to look at my own relationship with money. And so I've had to go in and really do some really deep work because obviously our relationship with money comes from our childhood. Um, so for me personally, you know, when I was 11, my parents split up and my father went off um, with another woman. And anyway, they ended up getting a divorce and it materialized afterwards that my dad had left and um, he'd got, he'd remortgaged the house. This was a major thing and he left us really broke and in fact we sold the house and we had to move into a council house um, to pay off the debt and this was this was really my entry level into money and so it was you know having to go back and revisit all that going from my middle class kind of neighborhood um, and then going into a council 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 house um, you know, and going from one extreme to the other in kind of a class system, you know, because that's the way that I was brought up and conditioned, um, you know, really jarred me. And especially at that time when I was on the brink of Menarc, you know, it, it really affected me on many, many levels. So I had to go into all this and do all the healing around that and, you know, um, look at, the, at my father, look at my mother and look at their strengths and their weaknesses and everything that I was carrying from them. And so this was another layer, you know, so, um, so then we've gone through layers and layers and then also my own relationship with money, you know, so I knew that um, I'm very irresponsible with money. I've been very irresponsible with money in the past. Um, I did have a corporate job, and I but I remember being, <laughs> having a massive overdraft, and I would just go out and spend and spend and spend and spend, and build up my overdraft and everything else. And you know, um, because this is the way in which we've been conditioned. You know, get everything on credit, um, max out your credit cards, get your overdraft, and this is you know how we keep funding our lives. And so I had to redefine my relationship with all that. And as a business, you know, I knew that it was possible for me to write a business plan and go and ask the bank or, you know, that in the UK, there's a startup loan where I could go and get 10 grand, um, you know, as a startup business. 
but I knew that, um, and th this, I always thought that I would, it would solve all of my problems, but I knew something deep inside of me knew that I did not want to get myself into debt and then have that fear of not being able to create the business that I wanted and then be left with all of this debt, which is exactly kind of what happened, you know, with student loans, you know, so I've had student loans um, to pay for my degree. Um, I never kind of went into the um, psychological world as a psychotherapist, which was the original plan, because I didn't want to get into more debt to um, fund my education. And so, but I still had the other student loans. So, you know, we live in this society where debt, you know, is kind of forced upon us, you know, come on, if you want this, you've got to, you, you can have it, you can have everything. And this is how we, um, that today's society really breeds fear in us. You know, come in, come in, come into my little room, little girl, and I'll give you all the goodies that you want, but you're going to be indebted to me for life. So I knew that I didn't want to go down that route. So I've been li really living my life over these past couple of years, really on a shoestring. Um, we've had no home, um, which has been fine because we've been moving from place to place, but even that's not sustainable. Um, but in the sense that we've managed to have a really beautiful life, you know, we've traveled and we've lived in some beautiful places. Um, so this relationship um, with money, um, you know, has, has helped me to really look at how I wanted to be in the world. So now that I've been on the road for the best part of five years um, with all of my life, literally in a suitcase and a rucksack, um, you know, I know how I want to live in the world. And I know um, when I when we do have a house, I know that I want to build it ourselves out of hemp and buy a little piece of land. Um, but also this consumerism, you know, my relationship to money in regards to consumerism, because I only have a suitcase and a rucksack, um, it's really important now that I, I've kind of healed myself from that consumerism addiction. You know, I no longer go down a street and I think, oh my God, I've got to buy that. And I go and I spend my money all over the place and, you know, I'm left with with no money at the end of the month, uh, <laughs> but I've got all this stuff, you know, so it's helped me to really break down my addiction, my pathological addiction to consumerism, which is another aspect of how we're conditioned in society. And so this pattern, you can start to see all the many layers which has come in, which is just about me wanting to be financially stable. Um, anyway, so at the beginning of this year um, and also towards the end of the last lunar cycle, it was really starting to come up again because what I, was start, what I started to experience is that for these past couple of years, I've been dipping in and out of um, depression. And this has been really interesting because I had depression uh, many years ago when I had PMDD. Um, you know, I've suffered with it in between in different parts of my life. I'm never kind of really understanding it or having a relationship with it. Um, but this depression over the, in the last lunar cycle really came to the surface again. And I thought it was, you know, I'm maybe going into perimenopause, my cycle's changing, you know, it's just a low moment. But something um, triggered me into being able for the first time to separate myself from the, from the depression. What was really interesting in this is that it reminded me of something that Eckhart Tolle talks about, which is the pain body. 
you know, so the pain body, how he refers to it, and it makes sense in this work and us as human beings is that when we identify totally, utterly, completely with one of these low vibrational energies like depression or anxiety or fear or jealousy or whatever it is, we are in it, we're consumed by it. It's like having this big black cloud over us and we ju we're just in it, you know? We don't see anything outside of it, but we're in it. Um, and so we don't think that it will ever change. But the more that we keep doing the shadow work and the more that we keep going into it over and over and over again and doing the inner work necessary, at a certain point we are able to separate from that energy for a moment to get a glimpse as if we're standing on the outside looking in. And this has been really fascinating because what I started to understand was that this depression, first of all, was not mine. Um, it was ancestral. And this whole theme of these past two years of working with my, and uh, to redefine my relationship with money was all to do with the wounded masculine. Every single thing, you know, this prop, this challenge started, like I said, with my father at the age of 11, 11. So over and over and over again, it's always been about the wounded masculine. And what had happened when I started to separate my, myself from the depression and I started to see this is not my depression. This is something that I'm carrying. It's coming down the family line. And being able to sit with it then with lots of love and compassion and opening my heart to it, to be able to learn from it, because for the first time I was able to um, staccare, we say in Italian, detached my, detach myself from it, um, I was able to feel into it much more deeper. And so what, I, what it was was that the wounded masculine and how um, it's come through my line and how it's come through now into this whole pattern of wanting financial stability is that in the past, you know, um, the, the male members of my family, what was happening was that men had started to lose their place in society they started to become devalued. They lost their role in the family. They lost their roles in society. And so I was really carrying this poverty consciousness, this addiction to poverty, which was just coming down all the way down through this masculine line. Um, you know, so going through, I'm a Lancashire lass, you know, so I've done um, ancestral work where um, I've been, you know, they've been in the cotton mills. They've been in the workhouses. They've been amongst the poor of the poor. And so when you're in that environment, and especially during those times, they break your soul. They really do break your spirit. And, you know, they just want you to, you just need to keep surviving to feed your family. And this was the role of the man. You know, the man went out to work to feed and support the family. But as we've seen with poverty, you know, and the changing of, in, you know, through the industrialization age and, you know, coming through to the digital age, et cetera, et cetera, men have lost their place. And so I was carrying all this. And what I was experiencing was how the men in my family became so depressed, you know, because they had no longer had a purpose. You know, the woman was still there holding the family together, doing more than the man. But the man was losing himself in this depression. 
And I think that this is something which is quite prevalent. Um, you know, so I'm 44, so out of my generation, I don't know if some of you are younger, some of you are older, but you know, you kind of get a sense of this, of how um, through the through the ages, through the generations, especially the last few generations, how much society has changed and how much it's, we've had to redefine our relationship with ourselves as male or as female, depending on what which gender we were condition, conditioned into. So all these gender defined roles, they've suddenly all collapsed around us. Um, and, you know, even women, you know, we see women going out to work and, you know, being um, the breadwinner of the family and sometimes the dads stay at home. So because society has broken down so much and changed so much and, you know, now we're no longer um, in the UK, especially we're no longer family oriented because everybody's left. Everybody's going different places. Everybody lives in different parts of the world. But these gender defined roles have broken down. So I was carrying all of this generational depression from the broken masculine, from the wounded masculine who had simply lost their place in society and they just didn't know how to get it back. And so what I was able to do by understanding this now on a very, very deep level, I've been working by opening my heart and really just um, healing this wounded masculine and this relationship that they had in being able to support their families. And so this had obviously has a direct reflection on me in my in my day to day life because I've not been able to financially support myself. I don't have a family, fortunately, in the sense I don't have children, um, but I've not been able to financially support myself doing what it is that I love to do. And so this has had, uh, like I said earlier, it's had a direct re um, reflection on my business because. You know, I've thought, oh, my God, because I'm not being able, I'm not financially sustainable. It means that I'm not good at what I do. Um, I can't do it. Um, maybe I'm crap. <laughs> but, you know, I've had to re I've had to work with all that because that comes back to value and self-worth. And but that's helped me working with my clients and um, because of the rave reviews that I get from them all, you know, that they've shifted so much in, in, in a very short space of time. So I know it, I'm good at what I do. But what has been what's really been really interesting in these past few days, as I've managed to clear that cloud of depression, step out of that cloud of depression and, you know, honor it and know where it's coming from. And um, but I now uncovered another layer which is really really fascinating because i realized that um so i'm i'm always given you know the next step by my kith and kim beyond the veil and they show me you know in my dream time they'll show me okay this is what you need to be doing this is what you need to be doing and so i'm like oh my god a rabbit caught in the headlights um so <laughs> i try to step up as much as i can um but what what i realized is that by removing this layer of depression is that now I've got to this other layer and it's to do with confidence. And so again, we go back to surface level. So here I am in my business, you know, when I'm working one-to-one -one with clients or when I'm doing a Facebook live or when I'm doing, holding a group or a workshop online, et cetera, et cetera. I'm in my element. I love it. I'm fully confident. And the reason why I'm confident is because I have to step out. <laughs> I, I get out of the room so that the work can come through me. 
And because this is the whole point of being a shamanic practitioner, of living and breathing the shamanic way, is that when we step into the work that we came here to do, there is no room for ego and our shadow and all of our stuff to come through, because then we are not engaging our personal power and we are not being a full service to whoever is um, coming to us um, for our guidance or our help, et cetera, et cetera. So when I'm in this, um, you know, I'm not here. I'm not in my stuff. I'm not, I'm not doing um, Nicola Lucy. When I step out of that, I fall to pieces. <laughs> this is Nicola Lucy being human. Um, but what I realized is that I have no confidence. And this might sound really, really bizarre because I might come across as a very confident person. And, and in theory, I am quite a confident person. You know, I have no fear of walking into a room full of people. Um, I probably would have a lot of fear standing on the stage and talking now. Um, but what I realized was that I have zero confidence in my business. And this was a real eye-opener because... I've been running businesses for God knows how long. You know, I've run businesses for other people doing content marketing, UX design, everything else. So I kind of know business. I know it intellectually. But when it comes to stepping in and having confidence to run my business and knowing that I need to have confidence, it's zero. It's like a waste ground out there. So this has really been interesting because now understanding that I don't feel confident in my business it's actually showing me that that is now the next layer that needs my full attention and so it's what's what's interesting about this is that having no confidence in running my business um, has also directly reflected um, my sense of failure and success you know, because if I'm not financially sustainable or I'm not financially stable, then obviously I'm failing. OK, I'm not yet a success, but then failure and success, they've all been defined by society, you know, and they've all been defined by the numbers game, which is something I've spoken about before in a blog post. They've all been de de defined by this numbers game, which we are all unconsciously playing um, whether we've got money or not, even the people I've, I've met some very, very rich people in my life and boy, they have more, <laughs> more issues around money than somebody that's, that's not come from money. So it's really interesting, this whole numbers game and how we view ourselves as a failure and a success and where exactly we fit. But confidence and feeling like I'm a failure um, because I don't have confidence in my business, that's no longer the issue. The issue is the challenge which has now come to the surface is to feel confident in my business. So to be able to do all of those surface level things that a business requires I, I just don't like it. I don't feel it. And I, I feel like every time I need to step in and do that surface level business, I just want to close the computer, throw my toes, throw my toes out of the pram, get into bed and hide. <laughs> but this is just showing me so confidence, you know, confidence in running a business. That's so now knowing this, I now know where to look and where to see and where to go in and what now needs my full attention. 
So ladies, um, I hope that that has been helpful for you. Um, I hope it gives you a little bit of insight and I'd be really curious, you know, what's been your experience of this um, fragmentation of the wounded masculine through the years? You know, what's your, uh, what's your experience of um, manifesting and seeing the um, wounded masculine in your own life? How has it shown up in your own life? as an individual, but also how has it shown up in your relationships, um, you know, like in your family structures? And, you know, what's your experience with money? You know, what's your experience with creating that financial stability and feeling confident to create that financial stability? So I look forward to reading all your comments and seeing where this goes. Thank you for tuning in to the Feminine Principle Podcast. If you have enjoyed listening and received value from this episode, then please consider supporting the work to create a circle of reciprocal generosity. The link is below with love and gratitude.